I'm not as cool as my brother, but I'm also not as stubborn as my brother. I can at least admit when I'm wrong. And I was. I was wrong earlier this week. I was uh, at the Bible study here at Holy Family Hall on Tuesday. Uh, In the discussion, I said we are called to love people, not necessarily be kind to people. I was saying that sometimes the loving thing to do is to do the hard thing. And I think you may have mentioned this already, but parents do this all the time. I was saying that when parents reprimand their kids for doing something wrong, this is good and loving. It is teaching them right and wrong. But the child would probably argue, at least at the moment, that it was not very kind. However, I was wrong. As someone suggested, I should probably use the word nice. That we should be loving, but not always nice. Uh, And I say all this because in some ways, The first reading contradicted what I originally said. And the word of God is a lot more powerful than what I said. In today's first reading for the Book of Wisdom, the author writes, uh, For God's saying, and he taught your people by these deeds, that those who are just must be kind. So again, I stand corrected. We are called to love and to be kind. Maybe not necessarily to be nice. Now in my defense, the Book of Wisdom was written in Hebrew, so the original word was even kind, it was something else. I would tell you, but I flunked my Hebrew class, so there is that. The first reading starts out reprimanding, reminding us that God cares about everyone. If God were to stop thinking about us, we would cease to exist. Despite what our American culture says, we are not called to be independent, but dependent. We are dependent on God for a mere existence. It is advantageous when we realize this. Then what the author says is really profound. He says that out of God's justice comes God's leniency, God's clemency, God's mercy. God is all-powerful, but he doesn't always exercise his power all the time. So again, it is because of this. Because God restrains his power, God teaches us that we must be kind. But as I would argue, not always nice. Another way to put this is we need to love the sinner but hate the sin. The loving thing to do is to help others root out sin from their lives. As Catholics, we do believe that people can change. We believe that supernatural love and grace can truly change people. And sometimes change people in an instant. The first person we might think of is St. Paul himself. How he was struck blind, struck uh, from falling off a horse. And Jesus spoke to him and said, Why are you persecuting my church? Why are you persecuting me? And in that instant, St. Paul had a radical conversion. He went from persecuting the church to being the church's greatest evangelist. And this is a pretty good segue into our gospel. Today's gospel tries to answer the question, if God is good, why is there evil in the world? Traditionally, I would talk about love, true love, godly love, is free, faithful, fruitful, and total. 
what these all mean is for another homily, but for now we'll zero in on three. In order for love to be love, in order, it must be freely given. Because of this, because of what the marriage day represents, I, when I meet with engaged couples, uh, I tell them that the church expects them to come to their wedding day freely. And because of this, I discourage couples from uniting their finances or buying pets or houses before the wedding day. And I know that isn't always possible. But the idea is that, I mean, we don't want this, but ideally, you know, that they would have the freedom to escape down the aisle before the vows are even said. Are they there freely? But if they enter into some of these things, like, you know, buying a house together, or, uh, joining their checking accounts, uh, the finances, which I actually am a favor of. But if they do it before the wedding, in some ways they don't come to that altar completely free. That if they were to, I don't know, escape down the aisle, uh, there would be some untangling that would have to be done. So God, in order to create us beings, with the ability to truly love, he had to give us free will. The ability not to love. Not to love God back. Or to love others. And so when we exercise this ability, when we exercise the ability not to love, it is then that sin and evil enter into the world. So in the parable in today's gospel, the man sows good seed into his field. While everyone is asleep, his enemy, as Jesus later says, the devil, comes and sows weeds among the wheat. When the servant asked the master, the master replies, no, he did not plant weeds. An enemy must have come and done this. Maybe another analogy will help, or maybe it will confuse things, we'll find out. Um, but classical theology says that evil is not a thing in and of itself. Rather, evil is just the absence of good. Father Mike Schmitz explains it this way. During the day, what does the sun provide those on planet Earth? Heat and light. If we're not receiving heat and light, it's not because the sun isn't doing what it's supposed to. It's because something has gotten in between the sun and us. Something is preventing the light and heat from reaching the surface of planet Earth, from reaching us. It's not like the, Earth, the sun went away or anything. And so darkness and cold, in, in some ways, are not something in themselves. They are not something that is actively being created. Rather, it's just the prevention of the sun's light and heat reaching us, the cold and darkness happen. Even in our souls, when we do evil, it is because we have not cooperated with God's love and grace in our hearts. It's not because God doesn't love us anymore. It's because we are not actively receiving God's love, that we're freely choosing to live outside of His love when we do evil. And that's just it. I know that, uh, I mean, I don't want to contradict Jesus, you don't want to do that, but Jesus talks when he explains the gospel, he talks about the end times. That the weeds will be sorted out from the weeds. 
the wheels will be thrown into the fire and they'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And we can talk about that, about the end of our lives, that you know, we will be judged. And hopefully we are weeds and not weeds. But I would argue that maybe a more pressing matter is our own souls. And by that I mean, what are we today? What are we right now? Are we weeds or are we weeds? I know in my life sometimes I'm one, sometimes the other. And I would argue sometimes I'm even kind of both at the same time. Sometimes I might do good, but maybe I do it for a slightly selfish reason. What are we in this moment? Are we weeds or are we weeds? This is why we don't give up on people. This is why we pray for their conversion. Pray for our own conversion. Maybe you have someone in your life that has been a huge weed in your life. Maybe they've added a lot of hardship to your life. Have you given up on them? Now it is true, sometimes we need to um, exit out of relationships for our own health and well-being. But can we pray for them? Can we will their good? Again, St. Thomas Aquinas' definition of love. Can we will the good of the other? So can we will the good? Can we love them? Can we pray for them? Can we pray for their conversion, that they understand that what they did hurt us a lot, that what they're doing is evil? Do we truly believe that people can change? That people can have a conversion of heart? Jesus Christ died on the cross because he knew that we had the capacity to change, to become weak even after we are weeds. So we come before our Heavenly Father, we come before Jesus, we come before the Eucharist with great uh, expectation, with great hope. Hope that we can change, hope that others can change, hope that the world can change. May we begin with us, and begin with us being open to God's love and mercy. May we ask for God's grace and love so that we can change, so that others can change, so that our world can change.